We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? You champions, you. Thanks for hanging out. This is KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Chissel. It is Monday, so it's time to hang out with Matt Miller from ESPN to get his stock up, stock down report, just like we've done all season long. But I don't think there's going to be any stock down uh, this go around, considering the Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57, beating the Eagles 38-35 last night in a thrilling football game that we are going to be discussing all offseason and all of the records and paces and dynasty talk and all that good stuff. Can't wait to get into it. We appreciate our friends over at DraftKings for being the presenting sponsor of this show. If you are the betting type, create yourself a DraftKings account. There's still college basketball. There's all kinds of things going on. You can use code KCSN, get all the latest up-to-date things with DraftKings and all their specials and all that stuff. So we appreciate their support. But It is time for a little stock up, stock down. So let's just get right into it and bring on Matt Miller right now. Matt, champions, you and I have talked every Monday following the ups, the downs, all of it. And at the end of the day, seems like what you and I spent a lot of time talking about was leadership and the things that are sometimes hard to quantify or put your finger on until you see it happen. And you're like, that's what we were describing. That's, That's what we were talking about. Yeah, uh, BJ, first off, congrats to you. Congrats to the uh, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, as a someone adopted member of this fan base, uh, it's been fun to watch. You know, last night, um, like, you know, I mean, I covered the Super Bowl in person for six years. And so last night was the first time I've ever watched a Super Bowl with my nine-year-old son. Uh, and he is a gigantic Chiefs fan. He had the Mahomes jersey on. You know, he was ready to go. So it's a special moment for me. My wife is a Chiefs fan. Uh, my daughter is a Chiefs fan. My parents are Chiefs fans. So we kept it low key Sunday night. Watched it in our little home theater, and you know, got to to watch them fall more in love with the game of football, which is so important to me. So uh, I mean that when I say congrats to you guys, to the players, to the, the fan base. Such an awesome feeling. Um, but 
you're right, man. It's nice to be able to look back and, and I, maybe people will do that. Go back and watch some of our early season videos where we talked about this offense is not a three-headed monster anymore and you're going to need people to step up and boom, look what happens. Isaiah Pacheco steps up over the course of the season. The Kadarius Tony trade, you know, Sky Moore waiting until the last minute basically in the season to, to make his impact. Uh, there were so many role players. And I think that's what I loved about this team was it didn't feel like an all-star team that just out-talented everyone. It felt like a team that beat mm -hmm. people. And I, I think that's something that you guys have to feel great about. I know we will be talking about this a lot over the offseason, but it's something you have to feel great about when you look at what will the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs look like? Can they make another run? The nucleus is in place because of the work that they've done. So again, hats off to you guys. It's a great feeling. It's been a long time since as a 49ers fan or a Texas Longhorn fan, I've celebrated a football championship, but uh, I, I do vaguely remember how that feels. It it hit me when you talked about watching the game with your son because I've watched the last few uh, since I worked for the team and then left, and there's those moments. Uh, as people will ask me, I mean, Kent and the guys of the network, be like, do you miss being with the team and being there? And I've, I've said consistently the whole time that it takes so much work, and those people yeah. put so much into it that you can't just miss these times uh, and then take for granted everything else that goes into you know being there you know on Thanksgiving and going to practice and cover right. it. And right. I can't just miss this, but then take for granted the fact that all those times I wouldn't necessarily want to be there, I wouldn't want to, would want to be with my family. Uh, these people earned the right to have those moments. And I'm so happy for so many of the people I used to work with. I texted a few of them last night yeah. uh, when I know they're out celebrating at the party that uh, bittersweet and that uh, I'm so happy for them and all of that. And I'm so happy, I mean, for myself, for the same reason that this was the first Super Bowl that my son, that Carter really wanted to sit and watch. And they were yeah. like, it was bedtime. I was like, all right, time to go to bed. And he just looked like, you're not going to let me watch the end of this game. <laughs> He's like <laughs> calling out plays. And what if they do this? And what if they do that? Why is that not a catch, dad? Like he caught it, had two, two yeah. feet down, and then they fumbled. So uh, it was so special in that way. And those are the things I think as we get older, Matt, it's crazy because you and I have known each other so long, that those are the things that become like the most memorable in like 15 years. I remember some things about the game, but I'm going to remember like celebrating with my son when we're jumping up and down when they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that uh, that I'm going to remember that's going to be special. But, uh, man, let's get into, before I get into my feels too much, uh, with yeah, the, right? game, the fam and all that, uh, let's get a little stock up, stock up. I'm not even going to say stock, stock up, stock up. Yeah, not, a little stock up yeah, uh, gonna, for this we're, one. We're not going to stock down anybody. Hey, I do want to say really quickly, I listened all season to you Chiefs fans hate on the refs. How about now, though? Right? Like, everybody's... everybody's uh, a Shepherds fan this morning. So I thought it was a flag, by the way. I know that's like a controversial thing, apparently, but we'll go stock up on the officials for this one time, one time only. But BJ, you have to start with the, the two time Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. And it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I mentioned to my wife in the fourth quarter, I was like, you know, this has kind of been a quiet Mahomes game. At the time, he only had 125 yards passing. And she's like, well, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, he's, you know, he's averaging under 10 yards a completion at this point, which is not like, Mahomes, that's not what we're used to. So if you, you know, if you glance at the box score after the game, you're like, oh man, he threw three touchdowns. And they were, you know, every every point mattered in this game, you know. Yeah. But he only threw for 182 yards, only 182 yards. But you have to give Mahomes credit. A beautifully executed game plan. I think what he did on the ground was as important as what he did with his arm in this game. You know, the decision making was flawless. Um 21 to 27 uh, on the day. There was only one pass where I did the, ah, like, what are you doing? Where, why'd you throw that? There was only one. So 
Um, great day for him. I mean, deservedly the MVP. And yeah, you say it all the time. You've got me even saying it now. I mean, he's he's the greatest quarterback in the NFL. And I, I think it's safe to say, and you know, I am a Tom Brady homer. Like I, and have been. When I was, there's pictures of me as a teenager with a number 10 Michigan jersey on. I'm a, like an old school Brady guy. Mahomes is on that path. And that's not something I say lightly. You know, he's like, we're to the point, BJ, where it's not like, oh, is it's Brady and then is it Manning? Is it Montana? Now it's like, it's Brady and then it's probably Mahomes. Yeah. And he's 27 years old. And that's not like a, that's not a thing people just say in the Kansas City area. That's the thing that everyone who watches football should be saying is this young man is on a path to exceed. I mean, think about this to John Elway, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino. Like we're saying that Patrick Mahomes not could be better than those guys. Like he, his career to to date is better. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is years old. Have as many Super Bowl wins as Patrick Mahomes does. Think about that, man. Like John Elway has as many Super Bowl wins as Patrick Mahomes does. And he's played for five fucking years. It's absolutely insane. Sorry, I don't know. Should be dropping F bombs on the KCS and podcast, but I did a lot. It's it's crazy. It it really is. And I know we try to contextualize that. We try to tell people like, hey, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all got like at least 10 more years of this. So just have fun with it. Uh be cocky. You deserve it. That's we kind of the we got into our feels a little last night on the show too, where it's like, you know what? Just embrace the fact that everybody hates you now. Like, sorry. Yeah. Like it didn't take long. They were good for so long. Yeah, people look for reasons to to tear you down. I mean, Patrick himself has done nothing. He's never taken a misstep. Has done nothing right to to get some of the animosity that's put towards him and his family, and they absolutely don't deserve it. Uh, right, but you're successful. People love you when you're on the on the up, and then once you're there for any period of time, it didn't take long. Uh, yeah, for people just want to root against them and and pick them up. You guys are the Yankees, so. You know, you're the Yankees, yeah. you're the 90s Bulls, you're Alabama football, and it's just, it is what it is. You know, everybody, 20 years people hated the Patriots and didn't even, I mean, other than the cheating, no one really knew why they hated them, they just did, you know? And yeah. I, I think the the Chiefs are to that point now where you don't have a reason, you know, it's just jealousy and anger. I saw it last night on Twitter, you know, I it was shocking yeah. to me was seeing it from active NFL players. Who is that jealousy and the resent come out as, you know, oh my God, I hate the Chiefs. And it's like, how can you hate Andy Reid? How can you hate Patrick Mahomes? Or how can you hate Chris Jones? Like these, right. these are guys that everyone loves, you know? So, Spags. Again, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Are like, oh, right. Dude, that's, that's, enjoy being the villain for a while. Yeah. I, it, I think it's probably hard for Chiefs fans. It is for me because I still inherently remember and can like tap into the feelings that we had during some of those brutal losses and that it wasn't just that we didn't win Super Bowl since, you know, Super Bowl four, that it had been a really long time. It had been 35 years since we had drafted a quarterback in the first round or 32 years since we had drafted a quarterback who started and won a game for us. Like there were some go back to Indy, go back to Lynn Elliott, all these games now we can talk about because we're on the other side of it. But we had so many brutal losses that kind of shaped us as fans that when we get into this position, it's like, you want to let us enjoy this for just a few years before all of a sudden we're not the underdog, we're not the perennial playoff losers, and now all of a sudden we're the team that everybody hates. And it's such a quick turn 
it's like, wait a second, you can't let us enjoy this a little bit. And now I'm just, uh, for me personally, I'm my, my change and how it's affecting me is just, you know what? Just embrace the fact that it is here. We are to your point, yeah. Yankees. Uh, we are this. And I think another reason why Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to say it's so polarizing, but he's playing the game in such a different way that gets people to talk about football yeah. and watch football differently. You and I have talked about how now any college quarterback who escapes the pocket and those plays on the run, it's all with Caleb Williams and different things like, oh, he's the next Patrick Mahomes because the way he's doing yeah. it. Whereas Tom Brady, it was methodical. He would just carve you up from the pocket, making smart decisions, throwing the ball all over the field yeah. accurately. Patrick Mahomes is doing it with such a, a color and a flair that I think that, that more than anything, and and you combine the way he does it with all the highlight reels and throwing all the crazy passes, it just invites people that aren't a hundred percent behind him to be annoyed at him because of all of the hype that sends around it. And he's on commercials all the time, and they're freaking funny, right? And so there's yeah. there's a lot working against them uh, in that way. But let's move on. I'm sure we'll mix in more Mahomes stories and talk here. Uh, yeah. He's the last before the last thing I'll say is the other thing, Matt, because you and I, um, you more than me, but I spent a little bit of time around Patrick. Not gonna pretend that it was more than it was, but he's a genuinely good dude and is yes. easy to root for. And that's the part yep. that gave me so much like clarity and so much like just appreciation for it is that it's one thing if somebody's very, very good at a sport and you cover them and it's just like, wow, you're a special talent. It's another thing if that person is just honestly like a genuinely just normal dude who just happens to be a phenomenal football player. Right. He doesn't seem to have changed or lost any bit of who he is now that he is being, to your point earlier, considered with the great being in that conversation already at 27 with the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. I We are very lucky in that he is a genuine, yeah. like, good dude and normal dude as well. And very humble. Driven, humble, um, and a little dorky would probably be the three words I would use to describe and Mahomes, you know, based on my, you know, uh, how many ever years now, six or seven years of interacting with him. So, yeah. um, absolutely, he deserves everything that, that's happened for him and he couldn't have him to a better person. Uh, I, I do want to segue to my next stock up, though, because I, I think it flows well together. I'm going to jump ahead in our little rundown. Brett Beach uh, continued. I tweeted about this Sunday night, not to make this podcast a, hey, look, go read the things I tweeted. But, man, this guy deserves his credit. And he'll never win executive of the year because he has Patrick Mahomes, because Andy Reid's the head coach, but he should. He, I mean, honestly, um, what this team did in, you trade one of the top three receivers in the NFL, Tyreek Hill, and you get better without having, you know, an elite number one wide receiver. You completely change your offense. You've got a defense that's relying on rookies and not a lot of first-round picks, you know, Nick Bolton, the second-rounder, Legereus Sneed, a day-three player, Joshua Williams, a day-three player, Willie Gay, a second-rounder, Chris Jones, a second-rounder. Chris Jones, second, right. You know, um, it, it's fantastic the way that Brett has built this team to build. I, I do want to say, you and I were saying this in the, the preseason, uh, to build the best offensive line in football. Uh, phenomenal in the way that they've done it through trades, through free agency, through great draft picks, you know, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, guys who are early round picks, late round picks. It's, you know, the definition of what a football team has to look like in 2023 because of the salary cap and because of, you know, the blue chip positions are getting paid astronomically. You got to find your bargains. And Veach is, I think, the best at that. You know, it's it's easy to be a GM when you're in the top five every year. You know, it's easy to, to have a lot of good players when you're in the top five every year. 
It's easy to draft a lot of rookies and have them play when your team sucks. It's really hard to draft rookies and have them play when you lose three games all year and win the Super Bowl. I, I don't think enough people realize or talk about maybe how hard that is. You know, you could look at like Houston or the Bears. Like, yeah, they played a lot of rookies. Kansas City played a lot of rookies, and those dudes helped push this team to a title. You know, we talked about Sky Moore coming up huge, um, you know, Sunday night. I, I thought Trent McDuffie got picked on a little bit, but, you know, stepped up when he had to. Brian Cook made a fantastic play on Dallas Goddard, you know, a heads-up play to, to to knock him out of bounds and, and at least make that a contested catch. Um, yeah. So many of those guys, uh, and Pacheco is one we'll continue to talk about, just fantastic rookie class and roster construction by Brett Peach. Yeah, and when you score four touchdowns, and one of them goes to Travis Kelsey, who rocking the new heights uh, gear here, yeah, guys, because yeah, one of those man. phenomenal podcasts. Really looking forward to the episode uh, this week, and and what you know, obviously what Jason Kelsey's perspective is on it. And before it gets lost, if anybody hasn't seen the clip of Jalen Hurts talking post game, I think you'll become a Jalen Hurts fan if you watch yes. that. I was watching. He made so many big time throws last night that I'm not say I didn't so know good. capable, so but good. he he is a phenomenal football. They're going to be good for a long time and beyond that. The way he carries himself and everyone that you've ever been around in this sport has only said positive things about who he is as a person. Right, the way he right. carries himself, and that was on display. The grace that he showed, and just the maturity, the professionalism, all of that made me a fan last night of the way that he handled a very very difficult situation. Uh, and the fact that he went there and just completely balled out and made it one of the best Super Bowls we've seen, uh, I think, I mean, selfishly, uh, in a while since the, the other one down in Miami, at least. Um, I didn't like that one as much, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that one I forgot for me. Uh, yeah, but, but I understand your point, yeah. But the other three guys who scored besides Travis Kelsey, who passed Rob Gronkowski for the most touchdowns by a tight end in NFL postseason history. Now, the only player that he trails as far as the most receiving touchdowns in NFL postseason history is your guy and Jerry Rice. Uh, he's about six yeah. touchdowns, I think, uh, shy of him, so maybe one more postseason uh, stretch for him, and he'll get into that conversation, which is crazy when you're talking about a tight end. Get it really to is. Jerry Rice yeah. on receiver-type numbers, especially in the playoffs. But uh, Travis Kelce gets a touchdown, and then three guys that are directly attributed to Brett Veach, guy you were just talking about, with Isaiah Pacheco, Sky Moore, both catching touchdowns on a play that, based on the information coming out now and what Peter King uh, had put out there with Andy Reid calling it the corn dog <laughs> play, uh, the two wide open touchdowns, yeah. were based on tape study and Eric Bieniemy passing that information along, Andy Reid, very quickly after the game. And you saw them embrace on the broadcast after they're walking off the field and how excited and elated Andy Reid was for Eric Bieniemy in that moment that it kind of, I would say it caught me off guard, but it was just like, wow, that that's a big like celebration. Yeah. And finding out later that Eric Bieniemy was responsible for the nuggets that led to two wide open touchdowns to again, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony and then Pacheco getting his. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony. We're talking about Brett Beach. Cause again, trades a compensatory third round pick, which is basically like a high fourth round pick um, yep. after pick hundred and a sixth rounder for a guy that scored a touchdown for you and then had the biggest punt return play of the game NFL Super Bowl history yeah. and yeah the play of the game Fred uh, Veach just take a bow for the Kadarius Tony one as well uh, and another player who's going to be under contract for I believe at least two more seasons that's right um, yeah. and then see what they want to do with him but that trade was worth it even before this from what Kadarius Tony had done 
And now it's just another feather in the cap to Brett Veach and his staff for making a move for a player midseason that made as big an impact as any midseason pickup we've seen in playoff. Hit, like, is that too yeah. big to say, Matt, in playoff history? It's, I mean, I, I struggled to think of anyone else off the top of my head. You know, the, I mean, the Pugnell made some plays. I get that. Right. Like, right. Man. Yeah. It's definitely up there. That, I will say the punt. There was for like a half a second, I was like, don't touch it, don't touch it. And then it was like, oh shit, like, okay. And then like my parents are screaming, you know, behind me watching it. And it, yeah, I mean, Brett deserves a ton of credit. It's funny when you talk about the best general managers in the NFL, how often his name does not come up and it should, you know, and those are, yeah. those are the conversations that like people in my field, we have all the time, not just amongst ourselves, but with medium or excuse me, with, you know, NFL scouts and evaluators. Say, oh, who's the best GM? And you hear Howie Roseman a lot. Howie's great. You know, John Snyder, the Seahawks just had a great draft class. He's done that a couple of times. And I, I feel like it's weird because I think Veach almost is like handicapped by the fact that Andy Reid is yeah. so well respected. And it used to have such a large role with the front office. I I, I would love to, and maybe this is the, the job I need to do of, I would love for someone to, to get those guys to talk about how much Brett has taken off of Andy's plate over the last four years, five years, and, and how, you know, just like with EB, you know, I think everyone's wondered how That's much does he saying. actually do? How much does Aaron do, you know, and, and how much did Matt Nagy do before that? And how much did Doug Peterson do before that? And, and so I think, you know, with Brett, he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he has, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time working with him. Yeah. I I was going to, before you mentioned EB, I was going to compare it because it's very similar in that. But you could go back to history and say, well, Nagy did get enough credit for being an offensive coordinator and Andy Reid, Andy Reid enough to get a head coaching job. And so did Doug yeah. Peterson. So I I hope EB gets his chance to go somewhere. And I'm glad that he got his flowers after the game. And, and the, the information was put out there and that two of the wide open touchdowns on phenomenally designed yeah. plays uh, was a direct... Um, result of EB and the work that he did. So special about that. But some of the other work that got done, Matt, that we do need to talk about uh, is Andrew Wiley and the Chiefs offensive line. And we're going to talk about that right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. 
KC Sports Network. Welcome back to KCS and Update. I'm BJ Kissel. We're hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller doing our stock up, stock up report. Uh, just got done talking Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach, and it seems a little too long, 20 minutes into the show, Matt, to now start talking about the Chiefs' offensive line. But uh, let's spend a little time giving some love to a group of players that were not talked about in a positive light going into this game as being a reason yeah. the Chiefs might not win. Uh, and it turned out to be quite the opposite. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. You know, I on here with you, I picked the Chiefs to win, but I, I think I said I thought if if the Eagles won, it would be because of the pass rush. I mean, a historically great pass rush. You know, with the, with the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears, like they were up there in terms of pass rush productivity, 70 sacks on the year. I mean, it was fantastic. And hats off to the entire Kansas City offensive line, allowing zero sacks on Super Bowl Sunday. But also, um, I do. I want to specifically highlight Andrew Wiley. The job that he did, Orlando Brad Jr. It will become one of the highest paid left tackles in football. Joe Tooney is one of the highest paid left guards. We know how great Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith are on rookie contracts. They're going to get theirs eventually. But Andrew Wiley was always talked about as the O and that guy. O and the right tackle. You know, it, it was never, hey, left to right, this is the best offensive line of football. It was uh, left tackle, the right guard. Andrew Wiley played his ass off. and really did the whole postseason. He was fantastic in the postseason. Um, he's a free agent. I'm going to say this right now. I think the Chiefs need to re-sign Andrew Wiley. Find a way to make that happen because he played like a quality right tackle this year. And when you you have to think about the guys you want to pay and the guys you can pay, getting Andrew Wiley uh, locked up for another you know, two to three years, I think, would be a very smart move for a very smart front office. But yeah, what a what a tremendous job! You know, to see Hassan Reddick neutralized in this game. You know, Javon Hargrave played well against the run, didn't do a whole lot against the pass. Brandon Graham didn't do a whole lot. You know, just that that entire front four that we were all so afraid of when we talked about their two deep was, you know, as good as some team's front four. I mean, they really didn't do anything. There was there's like a one tackle for a loss that whole game for Philly, and that was Javon Hargrave on a run play. So, I mean, they the offensive line was amazing in this game. Yeah, I'm going through some of the numbers for Patrick Mahomes and what he did uh, – on pro football focus, those are the numbers that I'm looking at. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes was kept clean on 65% of his dropbacks. And again, we're talking about a team that was five sacks short of having the most of any team in NFL history in the regular season yeah. plus postseason combined. And Patrick Mahomes was eight, excuse me, 17 of 20, completed 94.4% of his passes when he was kept clean for a yards per attempt average of eight. With three touchdowns, three of his touchdowns, or all three of his touchdowns, he was kept clean and no interceptions. Only blitzed eight times. He was five of seven uh, for 23 yards, only averaging 3.3 yards per attempt. So the screen game wasn't it. Uh, the yeah. other thing, talking about giving some credit out, and talk a little bit about Isaiah Pacheco and what he was able to do in this game with 15 carries for 76 yards, averaged over five yeah. yards a carry uh, with his touchdown. Just running angry. I mean, I love that dude was not, I made a joke yeah. on social media. That that dude wasn't going to slip. We're going to spend time talking about the field conditions because that is something yeah. the NFL needs to fix. We were watching some of the All-22 afterwards, and it was even worse than you could see on the broadcast view when you watch just everybody's footing slipping out from underneath him, which is really disappointing. But for Isaiah Pacheco, I, I joked that he ran so hard that he was like pounding his cleats into the ground. Of That dude wasn't going to slip because those quarter-inch or three-quarter-inch cleats, whatever he had on, right. those were deep into the ground 
but that opened up so much with the passing game. And again, we'll go back and, and watch some of the film and see this kind of play out. But the Chiefs on play action passes, they did eight of them. Seven passes were attempted. And Mahomes was six of seven for a yards per attempt of 9.1 with a touchdown on play action passes in this game to where the running game, you start to threaten a little bit. You can manipulate that second level of the defense was what we talked about. I know I talked about on several of the shows uh, this past week of getting those linebackers to commit. Um, that's the yes. area that you yep. want to attack. That's the area of the defense that you wanted to attack. And Andy would be so good at that, however they wanted to do it. And just special in that way. So yeah, shout out Andrew Wiley. Only the second, I think Mita Khan just put this out, Matt, that it was only the second game all season that the Eagles finished without a sack in the game. The Chiefs actually had a couple. Wow. And so, so yeah. much talk about how are the Chiefs going to handle this vaunted D-line and all of that with Patrick Mahomes and the ankle and all these things. And then the offensive line, they even said it after the game. They took it personally. Uh, they heard the talk all week and they said, these guys can't be blocked. And they took it as a challenge and went out there and got it done. And Mr. Andrew Wiley, Twitter account, his Twitter avatar bio thing says, my Madden rank does not define me. And it still does not define him, but that should... Good reminder. <laughs> that should change a little bit. Now he's a three-time champion. Right. Absolutely. And uh, again, we'll talk about it as the as the weeks go on, but some decisions have to be made at left and right tackle. So it'll be... Yeah. I, I think, you know, if you're Orlando Brad Jr. and Andrew Wiley, that's your resume game. You want to be, hey, when, when Mahomes was yeah. playing with a high angle sprain, we didn't let him get touched uh, against the best pass rush in the NFL. So... Here's what we can do. Uh, pay us as you see fit. So uh, definitely deserves a stock up. You mentioned Pacheco. That was my next guy I want to talk about. I I love the way he plays football. You, I mean, I've said it before. He runs like a Tasmanian devil. You know, he runs like he's, you know, he he has all of the Adderall that has gone missing in the world right now uh, because he runs so hard, man. It's just, uh, it's aggressive. It's angry, but it's productive. You know, it's not. It's not reckless. You know, he has a plan. With it. He looks like he's shot out of a cannon every time he touches the ball. And, um, we talked about it in training camp. You know, hey, this kid's flashing. This number 10 is flashing. He looks good. And, and I even went up there for myself. It's like, all right, what's the hype about this seventh rounder from Rutgers? And he he won me over in camp, and it, it seems like he won over the trust of these coaches. I mean, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be a healthy scratch, uh, I, I think says a lot about the trust in in Isaiah Pacheco, and I can't wait to see what he does. You know, with headed into a sophomore season, what he can become for this team. And uh, again, another, you know, I would never pay a running back, but you're paying this dude seventh round pick money. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of dollars you can spread around to other positions. When you're starting running back was seventh round pick, you're starting right guard was a sixth round pick. Uh, that's a great place to be. in. It's a great example, too, as we get into free agency and people talk about players getting too much money and guys are overpaid and this guy's getting too much. Spend as much time talking about the guys who are underpaid that it's not deserved for than guys that uh, have more money. Yes. Most guys either getting became free agents at the right time and just hit the market perfectly when they were healthy and that everything worked together for them to get that deal. Uh, yeah. Spend as much time talking about guys like Isaiah Pacheco who deserve more money and we'll get it at some point from someone. Uh, you love yeah. to see that, but let's move on to another guy that's going to deserve a payday uh, here in the not so distant future. Uh, yeah. Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton, and it'll be easy, especially if the se- second touchdown had stood. He'd have been the MVP. That would have been a tough one to not give it to a defensive right. player who scores a couple touchdowns. But uh, for Nick Bolton to do what he did in the game, and especially that touchdown, that play, I mean, he was the one right there. I don't say causing it, but it's kind of the one on Hurts 
uh, when he yeah. dropped the ball to be able to pick it up and score is the biggest play. And I know it was in the first half earlier, but at that time it was, hey, we can't get behind here. Like we yeah. need to get back into this thing. And it was the perfect play, perfect situation for the Chiefs to kind of exhale and get right back into it. Felt like the Chiefs were a, a boxer on the ropes and they were getting hit and they just happened to slip a jab in and it stunned the it stunned them, you know, and you have one of those moments yeah. like, oh wait, I'm back in this, you know. And I, I did. I felt like the offense came out red hot, looked great, but it seemed like they were reeling a little bit. And Nick Bolton, you guys know, uh, this is I, I think the rest of America got introduced to just how good he has been all season long. You know, as great as Chris Jones was this year. Uh, Nick Bolton would be number two on my list of most important defenders for the Chiefs. And a player who was, we talked about before, he was kind of an afterthought. You know, even even as a second-round pick, it was, well, like, he's not as athletic as Willie Gay. And he's, you know, he's kind of short. He's not that fast. But he just continues to make plays, man. He leads the team of tackles every week. Uh, and and it, you saw with both the scoop and scores, even with one get called back, right place, right time, a linebacker is, like, half the job just your instincts to take you to the ball, to be in on the play. And he's always there. You know, he's a hard hitter. He's smart. And I'm not going to name names, but you know, a couple years ago, this defense really, really lacked speed and sure tackling at the linebacker position from some higher paid free agents. And now you have someone like Nick Bolton, who's just seamlessly stepped into a leadership role. It was great to see him be named a captain. Um, it seems like it's very, very deserved. And, yeah, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not to the homeless level or anything, but I, I think when you have someone like Bolton, that to me will become that leader on defense. Another great find by by Veach and his crew, but also just great work by Nick Bolton. To I, I mean, watching him at Mizzou and watching him now, it's he's the shades of the same player, but he is so much better uh, than he was coming out, and so it's it's fun to see where his game's going. All right, we're gonna get. More from Matt Miller from ESPN right after this. Put a bow on this. Again, talking our stock up, stock up reports. We'll be right back after this final break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back. Hanging out with Matt Miller from ESPN here on KCS and Update, presented by our friends at DraftKings. Matt, one guy, there's there's a lot of guys that deserve a lot of credit that we haven't mentioned <laughs> right. here on the show. It's the same thing we did on the post-game show last night, uh, just spreading the flowers around. But one one guy that was mentioned earlier, going to spend a little more time, I know you wanted to mention, uh, was Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, uh, is being yeah. a stock-up person for you know, following the Super Bowl win. Yeah, and, and BJ, we'll, we'll see what happens this Monday afternoon when you and I are recording this. You know, there's reports that he's going to talk to a couple teams about their open offensive coordinator job. I think um, it would probably be good for Eric to, to go to a team that maybe has a defensive-minded head coach so he can show what he can do, you know, running that side of the ball to get out from under the shadow of, of Andy Reid a little bit. But uh, you mentioned it, you know, the, the information coming out that he was the one who watched the Eagles-Jacksonville game, <laughs> excuse me, and saw you know, hey, they're not going with the motion guy. They're so afraid of getting burned on the jet that they're not following the motion. And especially when you have the speed of Skymore and uh, Kadarius Tony out there, teams have to respect the jet sweep. You have to respect, you know, everything that they can do. And, and so it's not just finding that nugget in that Eagles-Jaguars game, but it's then putting the right personnel out there, you know, designing the the play, you know, corn dogging it, uh, as Peter King said. 
Um, Eric, you know, for years has kind of been looked at as the, okay, what does this guy do here? And I, I think, and I, I've said this for a long time, someone should have done a better job of, of advocating for him in the public space. Like, Hey, this is actually what he does. This is how involved Eric is. This is, you know, even there's ambiguity about who calls plays for this team, you know? So I, I do think that if that was his final game as the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, what a great moment for him to go out on knowing that, that you know, what he uncovered was instrumental in this team getting its win and getting a, a second Super Bowl victory. You mentioned it, you know, the embrace after the game, it stood out to me, you know, and obviously we're not there day to day anymore. You know, we don't know all the inner workings of this team, but that that felt like a you know this meant a little bit more um so if that was it for eb in kansas city uh, i mean what a great way to go out and, and some of it's probably been underrated honestly uh, it's hard to imagine being underrated as the offensive coordinator of a team that's been to three super bowls in in five years but it certainly feels that way it'll be exciting if he does whether it's washington or baltimore or somewhere else it'll be exciting to see what you know what his offense would look like and what he could do with some of these players that both teams have yeah, I think that's the hardest part for all of us is we try to pick apart, uh, you know, what was the reason for the success? Well, they could, they didn't need, you know, this is, uh, again, just brainstorming and, and types of different thoughts that are out there. It was like this combination of coaches and everything got it done. And there's nothing out there that will ever change my mind that if you remove EB from the equation, they might not still go win a Super Bowl. So a lot of people will make that connection. Right. Oh, they didn't need him to do this. The only thing that we know for sure is this combination of coaches got it done. Now, who did more of what, this and that? It yeah. only takes one person doing one thing in order for it to happen. We just named off 15 people in this game that we are giving flowers to. One player that we didn't mention, Colin Saunders, who showed yeah. one of the most athletic plays you will see from a defensive tackle that for somebody that covered the NFL draft like the way that you do, somebody like myself that was a big Colin Saunders fan. It's the reason I went to the Senior Bowl that year, went down, <clears throat> talked to him, talked to him the night he was drafted and talked about him being, and I remember comparing him athletically or skill-wise, not the same kind of player, but Warren Sapp. He was an undersized defensive tackle who used quickness and athleticism to make plays. Didn't think he was going to be a, necessarily a Hall of Fame player like Warren Sapp, but you saw the skill set and what he was drafted for, and he was a player that some people in this fan base did not think was going to make this team. If you go back to training, yeah. time. those are, I'm not saying that those people yeah. in the media and they were loud, but there were people out there. It was like, why is this guy on the team? Yeah. Because you, you can't put that kind of skill set on the practice squad. There's nobody that can replicate what that guy can do in chasing Jalen hurts out of bounds to yeah. force on that. I think it was a first down play to force him like a one yard gain. I think it ended up being a loss. Cause I was, he gave him credit for it. It was a one yard loss. Yep. So he gets a yard loss, and that's the drive that ended up stalling and kicking the field goal that kept it a one-possession game that when the Chiefs went down and scored, and then they took the lead. So yeah. we are sitting here talking about all these guys, and Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl. Colin Saunders doesn't make that play. Right. Like, there's so many right. people involved, and I think a lot of that is kind of blown back to EV. A lot of people excuse things of when things are bad, it's EV's fault. When it's good, it's because Andy Reid's a genius. Absolutely. And to your point, yes. I love the the narrative that we're in right now and that some of the stuff from behind the scenes is getting out there of this guy deserves credit for us on the biggest stage making a call based on information that Eric the enemy was kind of leading the charge on. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important that whomever made sure that information got to you know, got to Peter King and that it gets to Twitter and um yeah, 
kudos to the this you know entire team for making sure that that everybody gets credit you know and especially if, it, if it's a guy on his way out who has been so instrumental you know since yeah. matt Nagy went to chicago um whether it's even just being an advocate for the players or you know helping mahomes develop as a quarterback in in terms of his film study and things like that i mean Eric has played a role. There's no denying that he's played a role in this team becoming the, the dynasty that it looks like it will be. So, um, again, whatever happens with him, wishing him the best. And if, if he leads, uh, the Chiefs are in good shape. I, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. All right, let's put a bow on this one, Matt. Any final thoughts, any flowers that we haven't given out yet of uh, somebody? Man, uh, as you're sitting here. I know you're going to, as soon as we're done recording, you'd be like, man, I should have brought up such and such or so and so. Right. I know. Um, That's the thing. You're always going to leave one guy out. You know, um, we could run down the whole damn 53, it feels like. Um, I thought Justin Reed had a good day. Um, you know, the secondary was something I worried about. The tackling in the secondary was something I worried about. I believe it was Justin that laid that early hit on Devonta Smith. Devonta did not seem the same after that. You know, it was kind of hobbled. Really was not a factor as much after that. So I thought Justin had one of his better games. Um, I got. I have to do it though. I have to talk about Harrison Butker, man. The one roller coaster with this dude. We've talked about him a lot over the second half of the season. You knew a miss was coming. Thankfully, it wasn't at the end of the game. Uh, but I, I can tell you, I, I would bet that your house was as nervous as mine when it comes down to even a twenty-seven yard field goal, which is about an extra point. So uh, I think everybody was a little bit nervous, but. Congrats to, to Harrison and Tommy and, and Winchester getting the, the ball down and, and the kick through the uprights. Yeah, it uh, it was the extra point for me when it was like 27-27. They tied it, and I was like, oh, my, just this is going to be the one that would just absolutely mm-hmm. kill me. Uh, didn't get that one, but, yeah, special times. Again, thanks for hanging out. It's Matt Miller from ESPN. It's getting into his season uh, it's off season for the teams. It's in season <laughs> for everybody who covers the NFL draft and few uh, do it as well uh, as Matt does it for ESPN now. So make sure you catch all that content. He'll be joining us each week here at KCSN through draft season that uh, we're going to have a fun little uh, series that we have. We'll have plenty of draft content. If you follow us for any amount of time at KC sports network, seeing everything that we have going on for the NFL draft, that all kicks up uh, starting. We might give it a day or two, Matt. Uh, before we start Maybe. leashing a lot of the draft. If we can hold Maddie uh, Lane back, that guy's been ready to talk drafts right. about October. The first week in October, that guy was wanting to start draft content. So, uh, I get anyway, it. Appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate everybody for hanging out. And uh, yeah, hit that follow. Uh, hit that uh, like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate all your support. And we'll have more content. Breaking this one down is Chiefs' third Super Bowl in franchise history. 38-35 win over the Eagles. Appreciate all your support, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.